This is the Dallas Design Sprint Podcast, episode number six. Hey, everybody. Glad you could join me for another episode. Welcome to the Dallas Design Sprints Podcast. My name is Robert Scrobe. I originally, <laughs> I taped episode six already. This is a redo. Um, not because I lost the file, but because I've been listening to the past few episodes and they all sounded wooden. I sounded like I was going through a script. Episode six was kind of the same way. I kind of approached the entire podcast originally that I was going to be preaching and teaching. Um, but the more I tried doing that, the more I didn't sound like myself. So I scrapped about 23 minutes of material and I think I was probably halfway in editing it when I realized I was just, I wasn't being me. I wasn't being who I was. And I think for this particular one, I ought to get into why I'm doing this in the first place. The why behind why I'm so gung-ho and bullish about design sprints in the first place. Why I made a podcast, why I started a business and all of that. And getting a little real with everything. So a few of the thing, the reasons are personal. A few are professional. I'll kind of mix and match depending on what comes into my head. So the first thing is that I'm kind of at an end with UX. I just... I don't think it's going anywhere. I kind of, I've been in the industry long enough and I just see a lot of people racing to that discipline. I don't think it has a future. I think it's going to end up similar to information architecture and interaction design and the other disciplines that were kind of couched as being all encompassing to interface design or interface, uh, yeah, interface design. And I just don't see it happening. I think UX is, a, it has always been a very umbrella term that was meant to encapsulate a lot of different disciplines in one. I just don't see it having a future. I see the future in voice. I see it in virtual experience like VX. But I just see a big giant bubble in UX. And I think it's going to be apparent when our economy eventually makes a downturn. Not that I'm being a negative willy-nilly, but, you know, everything has its cycles and we're we're way overdue for one. And when the industry starts shrinking and the money starts disappearing, more often than not, design is what gets hit first compared to the other essentials of running a business. And I just see the UX is just bloated, bloated with designers and, and thought and the whole thing about design thinking and trying to use that as a differentiator. I just don't see it. So I looked at that and said, well, I'm about process. I'm about efficiency. And I originally did the design sprint process back when the book came out. And I thought it was just, it basically got to a means to an end much faster than it did through conjecture and discussion with a lot of different people. Granted, you do that in a design sprint, but it was different. It was, I saw changes happening with perspective from many different disciplines that were part of the project teams that I were on. And it just, it resonated with me. It just, it, it was, it was clear based on the outcomes, based on how people felt, how they, what they said, that everyone liked the process. They weren't necessarily trying to talk me up or make me feel good about it, but it was, it seemed like a, I don't know, it just seemed like a natural fit to basically get to certainty or close to certainty in a very short period of time. So 
in summary, I kind of think UX is going out the door. I think a new process is in place to kind of like amplify the best aspects of UX in a very short period of time and bring in other disciplines as well to come around an idea or a problem that makes sense. The second is personal where I'm 48 and in my industry, that could be considered a death sentence unless you're very well networked or you have been climbing the management director ladder, ladder for a while. So there is a bit of ageism involved. I've encountered it as early as 40, 41, 42. Um, normally consulting jobs were being given to folks that were at a much lower salary point, didn't have a lot of experience, but were very, very eager to learn. And I'm sure that people that have worked before me and in computer science and in technology have experienced this too. It got even more drastic when I left Sabre because I had, man, at last count, I think I had seven or eight different inquiries into even being a creative director, a director of UX at a smaller company, a, um, an operations director of UX at a major firm that I can't name. A couple agencies reached out for work. And all of that was all fine and well, but it was one of those things where I felt like I wasn't getting out of my bubble. I wasn't getting out of the perspective that I had as a, as a practitioner, or even a manager. I, I wanted to go back to doing startups. I knew that I wanted to eventually go back here. And what was I going to do if I went back to an enterprise or a business anyway? I would just be, okay, this is your job. This is what you do. Go ahead and do that. And you're done and you can go home. I, I, there's just in this right now, at least right now with the way things are with social media and the internet and just the opportunity for entrepreneurs is unprecedented really compared to where I started my, my previous two businesses. This seems like a golden opportunity to at least give it a shot to say like, okay, I think that this design sprint process, there's more to it than meets the eye. It's not just for designers. There's something where I see multiple industries trying this out. They try it, then they leave it, but it's the people that stick with it that kind of mold it into their DNA where it seems to start having traction. I'm buying into that. I'm all in on that. I think that's where it needs to go. So that's one dimension of, of a lot of things I do, but that's, that's primarily one of the reasons I'm into design sprints is that at, at my age, I could easily go to management or director, managing other people, which I love to do, or I could direct user experience for a major firm and that's all fine and well. This has much more appeal because it's much more challenging. So that's where I am with that. Um, another is, is that I wouldn't necessarily go into design sprint, uh, selling design sprints if I didn't think that there was some merit or some market for it. I have a couple of people that are working the market here in Dallas, Fort Worth for design sprints. And they call it experience design and other things. And people are buying it. People are buying like one, two, three day packages. Sometimes they're just doing demos, but there is, there is money behind it. People are actually lining up to say, well, let, let's give it a shot. Bring us in for what you know. Um, showcase a lightning decision jam, do a note and vote, whatever. Um, show us what, it, what it's all about. And at the core, what you're trying to communicate is you can take any idea that you have and you can create it in four to five days. And you can t ask customers, you can, t well, you actually ask, but you can test with customers to see if they'll actually buy it or not. And that's really, that's really the crux of it. That's the main thing. So there's opportunity. There's the, I wouldn't say fear, but the, 
the avoidance of doing something where I'm stagnating and just staying still and continuing to age and continuing to, it's, it's when you sense an opportunity like this in right now in 2018 to pounce on this particular industry, you can't let it go. And I may be dogmatic. I, I may have blinders on. I may be like, I may not look at other related design thinking activities thinking that this is the cat's meow and this is all there is. That'll be my loss if that's the case. That'll be my failure. If this all goes to, goes to crap and I can't convert it and it doesn't work, then it's on me. But it's my loss. I'm willing to do that. I've did it before and I'm willing to do it again. But I really think this has merit. So the next few podcasts I think that are coming up, hopefully they won't be ramble fests like this. Hopefully you're still interested in listening. But I think I'm going to take general topics and figure and kind of speak to them. Hopefully that'll be entertaining. Hopefully you'll tell me it's not. <laughs> if I'm boring you have to death, then please speak up. Otherwise, this is going to be a waste of both of our time. One thing I will say for this one, beyond the treatise of why I'm here, I recently read an article by IDEO about their five successful tips for running a design sprint. You can Google it and you can find it on LinkedIn. I've also posted it there. One thing I remember from that article that was really interesting and that I've used before as well is the idea that when you're exploring what the problem is, you're looking at the practicality of what you can do within that week versus what you could do or what, what you seek out as being like a pie in the sky kind of thing and actually looks at things from a practical standpoint, what is realistic given the time frame and given what we can do in the time frame, of what the sprint is doing that speaks to a larger conversation about the, the business dynamics and the business goals. But it was an important point to make in that article that really stuck with me again, check it out online. It's, it's pretty good. I'd recommend it. Um, and that's it. That's it for this week. Short and to the point. If you have ideas for future episodes, you want to hear anything from me about design sprints or even service design, reach out. Um, I'm on Facebook at Dallas Design Sprints. You can do a Google search and find me on Instagram. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I'm everywhere. Just find me. If you can't find me, then give me an email. I'm at robert at dallasdesignsprints.com. I'll reply to every message I get, and uh, hopefully I'll hear from you. Until then. Have yourself a great week, a great day, and anything else that you consider great. Talk to you later.